I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like To Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully, and thank you once again for tuning in. So uh, tonight, we're digging back into one of the earlier podcasts I did uh, way back in the day. I was in a podcast called Super Crappy Fun Time, and that was a podcast that I co-hosted with one Mr. Kevin Lau, who is here tonight. So Kevin Lau, welcome to the show. What's up? Hello, everybody. I know, oh. it's like a reunification. A reunion, of, if you will. Yeah, sure. If you want to make yeah. it short, I want to be intelligent. Yeah, you want to make use, it pretty. I'm going to use a lot of syllables. Yeah, this is an audio forum. We've got to drizzle yeah. syllables all over the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's a premium, because, you know, you get only a certain amount of syllables with some podcasts, but with this podcast, <laughs> I can promise more syllables than any of the rest. So if there are any sponsors out there, uh, I don't charge by the syllable, but uh, you'll be glad that you got them. What uh, was it? Merriam-Webster? Yeah, Mer- Merriam-Webster. <laughs> Sponsors, I like to movie movie. So yes, I like to movie movie. You can find us at Movie Movie Cast on all of the things. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, follow, like, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. So uh, Kev is on tonight. I asked Kev to pick a movie for I like to movie movie. And what movie did you pick, Kevin? It was a hard choice, but uh, I went with The Village. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Was this his, his third movie, right? Or is this the fourth? Um, I mean, in terms of like what we think about of his Major. movies, I think it's his third, yeah. Because yeah. okay. there's Wide Awake, the Rosie O'Donnell family-friendly movie that he did. Oh, and then he wrote for Stuart Little. Wrote for Stuart was... Little. Yeah. There's yeah, like another been... weird thing on his IMDb. I forget what it was. This, I think, was the third in his modern arc of Shyamalan as a name and as a brand. I think yes. it was Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and then The Village. Mm-hmm. So uh, why did you pick The Village for the show? Um, because I remember being on... Uh, it, the movie came up rather organically when I was on another podcast, Breaking Bad a Check, way back when. And they were staunch haters of this movie. And I was like, I will not, I will not stand for this blasphemy. Right on, <laughs> right I, on. Yeah, just like I love this movie. Nice. I, so I will always have like a soft spot for Shyamalan. <laughs> like yeah. I don't care. Like uh, I mean, sure, I haven't seen all of his movies because you know some of them weren't always the best reviewed. But yeah. uh, no, definitely. Um, there, I think there are a lot more positives about this movie because this was actually one of the movies where it feels like it was like almost like that tipping point where it's like, oh, we were not, we're not, people weren't on board with the yeah. uh, reveal. But I still absolutely enjoyed it. And I think, uh, especially upon rewatching it, there's a lot more to the text than just like the twist in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. One thing I found watching it this time around was that, like, I hadn't seen it since the theater. And so the last time I saw it was certainly in the eyes of, uh, you know, of someone that was in the thralls of, of Shyamalan fandom at the point, at that point. Yeah. And so, like, now seeing it, like, knowing the twist, I think it's a much 
knowing the reveal, it's a much richer movie than I remembered it being. I definitely agree with that. And like I'm trying to think, it's like that might. I don't think the previous two movies. I don't think uh, Unbreakable, as much as I love Unbreakable, or uh, Sixth Sense. I don't think they had like. I see those movies as just for what they are, like really cool stories. I don't get any of the same undertones of like uh, social or political commentary as I do from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent agreed. Hundred percent agreed. So. You brought this to the show. It's uh, have you seen his new movie, Old? I have seen Old. What did you think of Old? Old, uh, I I enjoyed it. Uh, there was like so. At first, I was thinking to myself, I wasn't sure if the acting was bad in yeah. Old, or if it was just like me being an American and not understanding yeah. the woman. So like, I, I'm still not even sure. Like, I'm not sure about that mother. I was just like, okay, is this bad acting or am I just an ignorant American? Wait, are you talking about Vicky Creeps' character? The lady from Phantom Thread? Uh, was that like the, 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 lead, the, the lead mom? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's mom, the, yeah. that's, uh, she's from Phantom Thread. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, I like her, man. At all. <laughs> oh, you didn't like Phantom Thread? Oh, man, that's wild. Phantom Thread is just an example of a super toxic relationship where no, not, neither person is good for each other. Yeah. And they should, they should just leave it at that. Well, what I like about that movie, though, because I agree, that is what it's about. But it's also, in a way, about how, like, these two people fucking deserve each other. And <laughs> and for them, it works. You know, like, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, and I'm not saying that it's good. I don't agree with what's going on in that relationship, but I think that the, uh, I think this movie has interesting things to say about like, mm. you know, whereas, whereas it could be read as even though the, you know, the relationship is toxic, the fashion, you know, Hey, but <laughs> I, I, I think it's actually the other way. I think it's like, this fashion is amazing, but reminder, a lot of things like this is on the back of like horrifyingly broken relationships. You know, I think it's a deconstruction of the mean artist guy. Who's a piece of shit. But right, also, well, I get hating that movie. Yeah, I definitely get uh, hating that movie. It's a, it, uh, uh, it's a big old chunk of movie. I mean, I'm just like one of those people that likes things when things work out. Yeah, but this is just <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it worked out because they they were together at the end. But no, no, get away from each other. Stop it. Yeah, you know, I agree. I want them to get away from each other. Absolutely, yeah. it's awful. But my God, what a what a crazy movie. Um, I don't know, I, I liked I liked old quite a bit. Okay. It, it was uh I don't know, it, I, I like I like Shyamalan when he's working from like a novelty oh. standpoint. Okay. You know, like you said, like a good story like the sixth sense. There's no like mm-hmm. extra, you know, context on it. It's just a really cool story that's that's shocking and fun and you know, ghosts are scary and death is crazy. Um and I think that old is sort of of that brand of something like the visit where it's just, it's, it's just having a story. Yeah. It's just uh, a single cause story. Like, Cause old, like the, uh, nothing came together in the end. Like yeah. thematically wise, it was, uh, I don't know. Do you guys, are there spoilers on this? Um, yeah, we, we typically Thanks. do spoil, but I think since this is not about old, we, we probably yeah. should not spoil old. So that people okay. can see it. But I think I know a way to, to I, I know what you're saying in terms of like the end of that movie yeah. kind of changes into a different movie. Yeah, there's like things that you think they're like the main there's main commentary in the story, and then the end 
gives you more information that has nothing to relate to the theme. Yeah. I feel like the uh, at the end it's like fun plot stuff, but it just it's just fun plot stuff. Oh, so I guess we'll go into that a little bit later, but there's some stuff in old that you can see some of the same elements in the village that I think are better left untold. I mean, we yeah, we we can get into it a little bit later. I was I was gonna do a little bit of a news segment up top, but I think since we're rolling on the village, we should just do it. Okay. Yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, um, we can always talk about the news afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> if, there's can, any, can, if, there's, if there's a graceful way to edit this together. Honestly, you know, let's just do this real quick. These were the news stories I was gonna do. How do you feel about Idris Elba as Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog Part Two? I did not know this information, but. Oh! I'm so happy that I get to tell you, yes. <laughs> that, I'm like picturing like Knuckles' red dreadlocks. And yeah. like, I think that's a great, <laughs> it's yeah. fun. I, I see him flexing his knuckled fists and just being like, oh, Sonic, it's me, Who, Knuckles. Who's going to be voicing Tails? I don't know if that was confirmed yet. I just know oh, that Idris okay. Elba like Instagrammed or tweeted a photo of the Knuckles. And was oh, just okay. like, ready, ready to join the party. And it was like, oh shit, he's got it all. Is there nothing so, you can't do? I was so jealous of people that got the uh, Sonic, was it Sonic and Knuckles? Because he had that cartridge where you could put put in the other uh, yes. Sonic games. Oh, I forgot all about that. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, that was a, uh, I feel like that was a, uh, a thing for a while. Like maybe the technology supported that because a lot of the consoles had like extra cart, like Game Genie you could plug in or yeah, like was yeah, it 32X? I guess that's yeah. a cartridge thing where you can add stuff through plugging it in. Yeah, they also have like a, I think they had like, a, was there a CD one too? But no, it was a Sega Saturn, I don't remember. Sega Saturn, yeah, something like that. Do you Sega remember was a the, mess uh, back in the, the uh, Tiger early Elect- 90s, mid-90s. Oh, they were, oh, they were yeah. trying to do it. The Tiger Electronics, I had those. I do remember those. That was my those socioeconomic like, bracket. They still, they still make those, and some of the old ones are like super valuable. Like an X-Men, yeah, guess, uh, like the X-Men animated one of those Tiger Electronics. Like those are going for like 150 now. You're just like, what wow. the hell's going on? Yeah, when they Yo, came out, they were what, like 20 bucks? Yeah, vintage stuff is crazy these days. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. I I have a couple of those, uh, oh, what are they called? Funko Pops of certain characters. And uh-huh. I was thinking about it, like, that's just, what a wild thing. It just exists to exist, but we collect it and we love them. So I could, yeah, this, uh, that's that kind of stuff. Well, I guess Beanie Babies went out of style. Do you remember the Tiger Electronics that had an extra cartridge, but it was like a card that you would stick in it? No, like, like, they tried to integrate like cards that you plug in, and then it was like, if you want the Green Ranger in your in your Tiger Electronics, yeah, I want the Green Ranger. Of course, I want the Green Ranger. He's the best. Got have the Green Ranger. I, I actually, I am still owed four dollars by a kid named Victor. I believe in my fourth grade class because I made a bet with him that the White Ranger was going to be Tommy. And he said that I was wrong. It was a four dollar bet. That son of a bitch never paid up, did he? He never paid up. But here's the thing: I He's was dead. doing insider baseball. I was reading uh, a copy of Disney Adventures, and there was an ad in Disney Adventures for one of those Tiger Electronics that you stick the cards in. Whoever did the modeling took a picture of the White Ranger card, and in the ad, you could read the biography that said the White Ranger. Right Ranger, formerly Tommy the Green Ranger. And I asked my mom what formerly meant, and she explained what formerly meant. And then I went and I, I made the bet with Victor Katz with loaded information <laughs> because I knew, I knew he was the White Ranger. There's nothing you can, hey, that's just, uh, that's bad. He didn't do the research. 
church. But the story's not over. I went to Comic-Con in Philadelphia and I was doing like red carpet interviews and I interviewed Tommy, the Green Ranger, and I told him about that. And so N.A. Poe has footage out there somewhere of Tommy looking into the screen and saying, Victor, I don't want to say his last name, but saying his last name, saying, you owe this man four dollars. <laughs> so one day, one day, Tommy will get it done. Victor, you son of a bitch. The only other thing that's like in the news that's like kind of funny is how do you feel about variable streaming speeds on Netflix? Uh, it's probably a great thing because that's why we that's how come uh, streaming music is or streaming uh, YouTube is as good as it is. Is that something that you do on YouTube to speed make it yeah, speed yeah. faster? Remember how like things used to always like you had to like remember like real player when stuff had like had the buffer? Yeah, yeah. All the time you and this so oh, this back is the in my day. Yeah, so this is the reason. So variable streaming has allowed it you to play video at lesser quality for the sake of keeping going and then just catching up to itself. Well, I mean, on Netflix, you can watch movies at like one and a half speed. Oh, okay. Or two speed. That's what I'm referring to. No, but that's that is interesting. I've, I uh, I don't miss buffering. Okay. So was the worst. Rate, yeah. Okay. So variable bitrate. Then, if you if you could. Uh, all right. I actually so, did not know uh, that about variable bitrate. Like I don't know uh, what that means. That's gobbledygook to me. So educate. Uh, go go. Tell me more. No, uh, I just did. <laughs> I will go along and say I am a big fan of speeding audio up. Uh, I listen to all my podcasts at one point two five. Okay. Usually. I do that with uh, audiobooks. Yeah, um, so I don't mind it. I know that like uh, TBS and uh, TNT, I believe, when they replay sitcoms, they also play uh, video and stuff back at like one point, I want to say 1.1, so they can get an extra commercial break in there yeah, and that get makes more sense. money. Yeah. Um, it's probably, I mean, it's fine, in my opinion. It's a little bit weirder with video. I want to say compared to just audio, just because you're like, that's so much of the component of when a creator is creating something. Yeah. It's like, you're messing with that. It's like almost similar to like um, when uh, for the wire, they put it all on in widescreen on streaming services. Yeah. And I remember all, was it the right, wasn't a, it wasn't a, what you call it? Uh, What's his name? Not David Chase. Uh, what? David Simon. The guy. Yes, David Simon. So yeah. I actually uh, question asked him this question on Twitter. Oh no way! <laughs> and he says, "I don't give a fuck." Oh, that's <laughs> that so was, funny. That, that was his answer. Yeah, so. I mean, I get it because there's a piece of me because I agree. Like, there's a piece of me that's like. You know, yeah, if you're watching something at a faster yeah. speed, you're not having the same intended cinematic experience. Yeah. But I was reading up on it just to see, like, what the counterpoint was. And because the the jet, like, there, there was a consensus on one side that said something to the degree of, like, if we're just, this is, like, the further descent into content. Because you're trying mm -hmm. to get as much of it as possible as fast as you can. But then the counterpoint is someone said, well, what about people who have, like, ADD? You know, yeah. that's a great way to like pull them into it more where they would like check out. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I realized like I listen to my podcasts, uh, not podcasts, audiobooks at a higher rate, or else I won't pay attention to them. I've saved you know, almost a year of time on podcasts 
through listening at higher faster speeds i believe it i definitely believe it and so yeah like I, that's like uh so I, maybe there's a component to that like you know i, I don't necessarily re- regard all co- podcasts as content you know um some of it is, is really highbrow stuff a lot of it is not case in point um but yeah i don't, I don't know i was a. Uh, I was initially bristly about the watching things at a higher speed mm-hmm. on Netflix, but I, don't know, I think I'm okay with it. Depends on what you're watching, too. Yeah, I that's mean. true. Yeah, like maybe if you're going to sit down and watch <sighs> The Deer Hunter, you should just commit. But like, if you're just like... That's a long movie. That's a, yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Counterpoint accepted. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, you know, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, 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 I hate... I increasingly feel like I'm a like old man yelling at clouds about things and I don't want to be that guy. And this just yeah. might be the way it goes, you know? It's gonna be it's it's the same as subs versus dubs. I actually don't know what that is. Oh anime, subtitles versus dub voiceover. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um subs versus dubs. I am a I am a subs guy. I don't watch a lot of anime, but any movies I, I watch with subs. Well yeah, well anyway, yeah. Uh it depends on how what movie I'm watching. Yeah. You know what I, I actually think actually, I, don't, I, I don't like anime, actually. I'll put that out first. Really? <laughs> no, I've no, not no. seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot that I've liked. I've seen a lot that I that I don't like. I but there, I'm indifferent towards some, it. Some of it's okay, but my friend's son who uses my Hulu, I actually just I didn't yell at him, but I expressed <laughs> my I expressed my severe annoyance <laughs> to his mother and father about about how his son is taking over my algorithm that's incredible and i'm I'm like this has got to stop (laughs) please watch the office yeah it's like coming home and like wanting to cook to like a nice kitchen and your cupboard is just filled with candy yes and you're like like, i don't want candy right now I don't use hulu a lot but my algorithm's good because all i watch is always sunny in philadelphia and wings I love wings. Roy Munson. Uh, it's uh, Roy Biggins. Roy Biggins. Oh, Get it right. Get it Roy right. Munson. Oh, I think Roy Munson was a Yankees catcher that died. Oh, that that sounds about right. Roy Munson is the name of a Yankees catcher, if there ever was one. All right. Well, that's all I had for any sort of uh, semblance of a news segment. The Village Man. Uh, when was the last time you saw The Village, which originally came out in 2004? When was the last time you saw it before revisiting it for the show? Probably in 2006, I want to say. It's okay. been a while. And yeah, keep same. it on, the podcast where it got brought up when somebody tried to slander this great piece of American <laughs> cinematic history was in like 2014. So that's how much it stuck with me. Okay, well, I'm glad we can set the, uh, we can set the record straight yeah. here because I think that it was quite good. I have a couple of problems with it that we can get yeah. into, but uh, I think it's really good. I remember when The Sixth Sense first came out and it was, uh, it, it like, everyone was so blown away by the twist that mm-hmm. it, it, the, the buzz was just so big. Like, that's the biggest buzz ever just because everyone's like, oh, yeah, I got to see it, but I can't tell you what it is. That's the best kind of buzzwords there were. Like, no wonder he blew up. Yeah. I'm really, does that hold up The Sixth Sense as much? No, I haven't seen it in a while. I watched okay. it maybe like five, six years ago, and I remember thinking that it held up pretty well. Uh, okay. I found a little more comedy in it than normal. I think Shyamalan's funnier than, than he lets on. It, it and, tends uh, to happen with uh, horror. 
I think it's his scariest. It's the one that's most interested in playing into tropes of horror. Because, like, the village uses that in the trailer. It's, like, played like a horror movie. At nighttime, they come out. What will uh, William Hurt do? You know, and Mm this uh you know it's a different movie the sixth sense is very much horror okay yeah they're doing like you know that era of horror those kinds of scares was the village based on any sort of like short story was this a totally original screenplay totally original just Shyamalan's the inspired imagination of the filmmaker who brought you the sixth sense and unbreakable okay because I mean was it I think that movie devil was based on something i think old might have been based on something as well uh actually old was based on a comic book called sandcastle okay you could read it in like a half hour it is a it's very very quick and i read it in anticipation of the movie and Uh they actually work neither one spoils the other because it's kind of a different thing that Uh uses the plot device and some of the character interactions of this is what happens at a beach when you get older and it uh-huh. hints at a larger sort of thing involving the beast, the, the beast, mm-hmm. the beach, but it never gets specific. It's really just about the theme of everybody gets older, don't waste yourself, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth reading, Sandcastle. Um, yeah, and so, you know, reading it, you just go, I wonder what, what Shyamalan's going to do with the ending, and he did what I expected him to do with it. Oh, okay. Mm, how long did it take to read? Half hour, 45? Half hour, 45, yeah. It's, it doesn't oh, have a lot of words. It's mostly pictures. It's, oh, okay. uh, I believe it's French. And so, yeah, so he just like took that concept uh. and went with it. But the village, <laughs> no, I think, you know, let's double check that. I've got the IMTP up. It is, uh, yeah, it's just M Night. All right. Do we know what the M stands for? Magic, I think. Is it really? <laughs> no. That would be the coolest. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Although, then again, if M. Night Shyamalan is the filmmaker, I think he is. If his first name was actually Magic, he would use it. He would just be like, I am Magic, Magic Night Shyamalan. Are you ready for a magical evening of film? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Philly favorite, M. Night. The. Uh, what what did you what did you remember about this movie going into it? Upon the rewatch, yeah, like what what did you like when I sat down to watch this? I I had a certain image of the movie in my head, and it both was and was not what I was expecting because it had been a while. Like there were certain elements that I had forgotten about. It was there anything that like stuck out to you that you had forgotten about besides the for- inclusion of Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> I had forgotten about how large the property was. Yeah, I was imagining something more of the lines of the town in Big Fish. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Like it was just like buildings along the side of like a lawn green, basically. Like that's what I imagined. And upon rewatching, I'm like, oh, this is a much bigger movie than I remember. Yeah. So, actually, that speaks into what I uh, what I had forgotten about it was the explanation as to how they managed to obtain all of that land. Okay, so... You know what I mean? Well, I mean, do you remember? So, I mean, uh, no, actually, fuck it. We can talk about that right now. This is actually a great entry point for this movie. At the time that The Village came out, I think one of the reasons why people brushed up against it is because due to the, the really, really, really good twist at the end of The Sixth Sense, we expected that from him. Yeah. Unbreakable, no twist. 
uh, people good think reveal. that the, the re- good reveal, but not a twist. Yeah. But the nomenclature stuck. We want a twist. We want a twist. And I do think that the village like tries to to use a twist, but doesn't really like hinge upon a twist so much. Like I find rewatching it, it was not about the twist for me. Oh, do- oh, totally. It's definitely not about the twist. I'm yeah. rewatching it. And I think we unfairly regarded it when it came out. Like generally, as a culture, we went, ah, that twist was weak. Uh, you know, this movie sucks. And that's incorrect because it's not a movie that hinges itself upon the twist. I see. Um, I don't know how accurate that is because I don't think it's like the twist itself or the reveal itself was bad. I felt that it was just over-explained. Yeah, you know what? I agree. I, I, that's a good way to put it. it I don't like, think it's a bad you, twist, yeah. but I think people were, were all like, oh, that twist sucked as if they were expecting yeah. it. Like that was the so, response, but no, I, I I would agree. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, um, so like in the in old, there's some things that you can assume happen. You don't have to show it happening at the end. It's just kind of like that's unnecessary. Yeah, just I know exactly. Leave what you some, mean. yeah, leave some to the imagination. You don't need to explain every everything. I feel like it's like he anticipated the questions, the plot holes that people would point out about Sov, and then he just like, I think he's very attuned to the criticism of him, and he wanted to stop it, but in stopping it, you just kind of take away, yeah, you overexplain to kind of take away the imaginative properties about it, and it's just like, oh, yeah, at the uh, at the end of uh, the Sixth Sense, I remember having a distinct feeling, not of being told that Bruce Willis was dead. But of it hitting me and being like, oh, shit, this movie got me. And yeah. I think that's why it resonates so hard with a lot of people is that it is not really explained. It is just it it hits you. And as he reveals it. And yeah, I agree. I, I think that that narrative sloppiness in the reveal of I wouldn't even say sloppiness. Uh, or maybe that is the right word because it isn't refined. It's overexplained. The reveal that these people are not living in olden times but in modern times and are escaping from the horrors of the real world. That's a, uh, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good twist, but like, yeah, they really went overboard to, uh, to explain it. It's more about like, Oh, you don't need to, I guess it's just a line about like the airplanes. What what was the line about the airplanes? In the guard shack about how much the government pays or whatever to make sure that airplanes don't fly over the the property. Well, they hint, and this is one of those things that I think is handled well. They hint at William Hurt's dad having been a billionaire, like as a little bit early on in the movie. Oh, Um, God. Well, because they did not get this. I, I totally I, believe you, but this is not something uh, I noticed. This part's done well, though. I think it's something that emerges in in repeat viewings. Like I didn't remember that from the first time, but it, it emerged, uh-huh. you know. And so then, uh, he makes a mention of like, "Oh yeah, my father was rich, and that's why we were able to leave the towns." So we don't know what the, what the uh, towns okay. are. Uh, but then in that guard shack scene. I actually had to put on subtitles for a second because like a key piece that reveals that was kind of mumbled by Shyamalan himself saying that. And so it was del- what you're saying is it was, it was delivered perfectly. Yeah, it was delivered perfectly. As, as the director intended. It, it was uh, his, they, he mentions an estate pl- paying and having like tons of money to be able to do this, to oh, buy okay. out the wildlife preserve. So, you know, that kind of thing. Oh. But I don't think that that's really where the enjoyment of the movie comes from. I found everything up until that to be like, 
really, really enjoyable. I, I think uh, even knowing that it's not actually real what's happening, uh, not not actually real, but that they're not actually in olden times, I mm-hmm. think that it still plays really well to that, you know, be to that feeling accurate, even knowing the secret. Okay. So, well, uh, what do you think is the most, I think there are a few different themes in this, but what do you think is the most prevalent theme in this movie? Huh. I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I haven't really thought too deep on that. There's a few things, so- but I, I feel like there's, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's sort of a plea for communication as opposed to just like running away from things. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Uh, I almost thought this was almost kind of like just to show that no matter how great of a place you think you are in or create, like bad shit is going to happen and you got to learn to deal with it. And like, it's almost, it's like, I don't know, these people all experience some sort of terrible trauma in the outside world and they just didn't deal with it very well. Yeah. And they thought like they thought like insulating themselves away from everything else that they wouldn't have any problems in the world. But no, it's still going to happen. Like it could be very it's almost attuned as to like uh was the uh, was it McCarthyism when like the US didn't like uh just let everything else happen in the world and didn't like really take an active role. I don't, I don't know, know what, what the term was. is. Is that McCarthyism? Maybe I don't know. I'm a. I don't I'm know. A there was like a point. There was like a, there was just a point in the time where the U.S. never wanted to like interfere in like world events. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm a, I don't uh, remember what that was. Oh yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, no, I but think yeah, you're I right think, though. It is like people kind of running from their problems yeah. and and not not dealing with them well. And then if you look at it, like in today's perspective, it's just like oh, the use of misinformation to control people. And yeah, you can that, look at it from yeah. That stuck with me, the idea of, like, uh, you know, having to create a monster. Okay, yeah. You know, like, we so, do uh, that now. We have to create monsters or else we have nothing to fight. Oh, okay. So you're thinking of, like, a, from like a media media perspective. Well, I was just like thinking, creating... like, a more modern take on it. I don't know yeah. if it's in there, but, I mean, just, like, you know, as to what's around is just, like, but I think that is misinformation. Misinformation is creating monsters for people to get charged up about, you know? Oh. Um. So yeah, and, and they do run a, a misinformation campaign with the uh, what do they call the creatures? The uh, the ones uh, the ones not be spoken. Uh, the ones we don't speak of. Yeah, the ones we don't speak of. They sure talk about uh, them a lot. <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that's, those are definitely so. I think though, uh, definitely upon first watching this movie, never would have had like any of those kinds of thoughts because that's just not where I was in my early twenties, thinking about like deeper meaning of movies and stuff like that. It's just like I just want to see cool shit and yeah. cool shit blow up. Yeah, so, nothing uh, blows up in this movie. So yeah, Jesse Eisenberg, he blew up. Yeah. this. he's Lex Luthor. Yes, that was my first note uh, when I'm rewatching this movie. It's, it's like, is Jesse Eisenberg an extra? It blew my mind because I, I, I was reading the credits, and I mean, there was a lot of people that I had forgotten were were in this. But yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. That was uh, when I saw uh, what was it? Uh, now you see me too. <laughs> I was in line to see the movie, and uh, you know, for like the you see that movie? No, no, no. It was a uh, it was a, a press screening, oh, but it God. was it was very disastrously run. So I was like stuck in the regular line, but like everyone was getting in. But there was this really tall guy behind me. He had a thick Australian accent and he had like the paper ticket that you print out. Okay. And so he's in line, mind you, for now you see me too. 
and he's looking at his, his thing and goes, Oi! Jesse Eisenberg's in this! And I damn near lost my shit because <laughs> it was Now You See Me Too. But I also love that he just showed up and was like, I'm going to watch a fucking movie with magic. Oh shit, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> but I had that moment as soon as his name came across the screen in the opening credits, which that's kind of a thing you don't see that often anymore. An opening uh-huh. credits mm-hmm. in the, at least not in, the, in this genre. But, uh, I just remember seeing like the, op- uh, the opening shot where we're at the table and I just like seeing that dumb, doofy, curly-headed face. Yep. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> and he's like, he's like 15. He's like a little a little boy. Yeah, who's he was in he it? Did... What's the actor's name? He was in a he was in a cabin in the woods. But I think he's like Chris, a Joss Chris Hemsworth? No, no, no. He was a but he was the guy who ultimately married. Judy Greer, another actress that I did not remember was in the village. But speaking of Judy Greer and Bryce Dallas Howard as uh, siblings, yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. Man, I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's such a good actress. I think she's so pretty, and she really is so good in this movie. Uh, who's the guy you're talking about? Fran Kranz. He was the dude that played like the stoner character in Cabin in the Woods. I'm gonna look that up. But he shows up and yeah, he's the guy who almost marries or who ultimately yeah. marries her. Uh yeah, Fran Kranz. I don't even know if that's how that's pronounced. It's Fran. I don't know if that's true. Fran Kranz. I regret if that's how he talks. Fran Kranz. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that watching The Village this time around uh, less as like, oh, this is the next big piece of work from the... We called him the next Spielberg. That, that was like a headline. Yeah. Show, you know, Taken more as... You know, taken as what it is. It really works so much better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you lower... I mean, it sucks to say if you lower your expectations, you'll enjoy it more, but... Think of it I'm as sure. more of like when you treat it like a lark. It's it's a good lark. I mean, it's a thematically resonant one, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a good lark. I do wish that it was a bit scarier. Mm. I want well, the horror element. Okay, I don't know. I just kind of well because I I came away from this one feeling like the even if I trick myself into not knowing that those we don't speak of are just the elders in <laughs> costumes. I feel like they're not really much of a presence. Like we only get that one time where they show up and everyone runs under the uh, yeah. beautifully shot sequence when they run under the house. But up until then, like they didn't really make an appearance. Like I thought I was going to get a little bit more creature action. I don't know when you see her hiding behind the train and see the creature and you don't know it's the other guy yet. I'm like, Oh shit. This is- okay. That's a beef I have. I have, that's one big beef I have with that movie. I think it would have been a better scene already knowing that it was Noah as that as the rogue creature really yeah Hmm. so what we're referring to in case the listeners uh want to know is there's a scene when bryce dallas howard's ivy is in the woods and she sort of gets attacked by one of the uh one of the others i just want to call them the others because of lost okay nicole kidman you know red hair yeah yeah red hair is in this it's all good but you watched lost right yeah i watched Lost. yeah the others I used to call, so I, in college, I had two sets of friends, and I used to call the second set of friends who I met later, the others, to the first set of friends. <laughs> That's and this so was before Lost was out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was so, like, enamored when I started using that term. That's so funny. Show. Yeah. 
that was a weird one for me because it started when they were just like, there's other people. Oh, the others. And then the others showed up. And they're like, we call ourselves the others. And like, no, nobody pointed out like, that's what we called you. That's so crazy, dude. It's supposed to be like that Superman, uh, super Spider-Man meme where they just... Yeah, I I don't know. Do you disagree? I I think it could have been a little bit scarier. It had a little bit more of a presence from the month, like maybe a couple more attacks before they decide. Uh, I'm gonna go with I really I liked it. I'm gonna say because I I don't want as somebody who does not have the uh, horror background as yourself. I think it's like because like I always thought Shyamalan was like a good introduction to horror because you yeah. know it's not going to be gory and it's definitely it's generally classier yeah um almost as if it's like uh i feel like if you like straight like stranger things yeah like that kind of horror like this is something that you would get like this is something you get you can get into i think it i mean i i think when people refer to uh him as the next spielberg that's inaccurate but i actually do think he's in line with someone like a hitchcock because Hitchcock's done some like really high art, but I think there's a lot of like really great filmmaking in old. And I think there's a lot of really great filmmaking in the village. But I, I you know, Hitchcock was not above just like having putting some fun. In movies. Well, it, for one, putting himself <laughs> in every movie. Yes, correct. But also like just like kind of making a movie that's meant to be a, a nice little trap, you know, just it's it's yeah. meant to function as as a piece of entertainment. No, I would definitely agree. I mean, yeah, he was also compared to Hitchcock at yeah. this time. I want to say. I would say. think that that's a pretty accurate description. Yeah, Spielberg is always. Uh, it's almost. It's like that unfair comparison. It's like like the next Jordan or whatever. It's yeah, just yeah. Like, People just want that's a some sort of like insightful headline to get clicks or reads. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it's just kind of like, yeah, all right. By the way, did you watch Space Jam? I did not. I did. And the, oh God, how, I I have political reasons why I didn't watch this show. Understood and 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 uh, mm-hmm. yeah and agreed. But at the same time, like that movie, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in terms of like you just hate it because everything about it is just it's just content. I mean, you didn't like the product placement. But I had a really good time watching it. Then <laughs> and I watched it and like. We were we were engaged with it because it's it's just a, a product designed to engage, but we were also laughing at it because it's it's often just like terrible in the craziest ways. And Don Cheadle is trying to win an Oscar in it. It's the craziest thing. An algorithm. Algorithm. Well, yeah, he's he's I, f- I forget what they call him for short, but he's going fucking big. And so that's a joy. I mean, it's definitely not something that I would ever pay for or feel good about, but uh, <laughs> I, I think you would enjoy yourself. It's kind of ironic that the villain of the movie is... Is what it is. Is because why the movie is so terrible. That's itself. the thing. It's constantly folding in over itself yeah. in terms of it's just like, it's the worst kind of piece of shit. Yeah. But uh, after two hours, I was like, I was not bored. And I feel like I was just assaulted by like colors. It's it's wild. Uh, I hear there's a great rap scene with uh, Porky Pig. So, for example, uh, one of the uh, the rap scene is absolutely terrible. You roll your eyes at it. You want to throw up. But in my household, 
a frequent talking point is how back in the day at the at, there was like a a weird like hood Looney Tunes movement, and. Oh, yeah. And, I definitely had like a, a bunch of money and like a Bulls jersey and really, really yes. baggy jeans. <laughs> we always referred to uh, Fat Farm Tweety Bird. And <laughs> so that became a term. And so when Fat Farm Tweety Bird shows up on screen to rap, <laughs> we lost our damn minds. Um, so like, it's fun on that level, but it's not mm. a it's not a good movie. I think you would enjoy it. For some reason, I thought that you probably watched it and loved it. That was why I uh, asked. <laughs> I, I was like, two, I was two minutes into it, didn't even see real LeBron, just saw little LeBron, and I'm just like, this guy's gonna be a puppet for the Chinese <laughs> government. I can't watch this. <laughs> it's getting really bad. It's uh, yeah. it's it's horrifying. But man, those those movies, they're they're available. Did, did they use the Iron Giant as a? Uh, as a warmongering tool, like in uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, nah, he just kind of sits next to King oh, okay. Kong on the sideline. They like, they bump fists or some shit. Oh, okay. You know who I swear is in the crowd? I swear. Miss Lippy from Billy Madison. Which one's Miss Lippy? Miss Lippy is the weird teacher that reads about you gotta oh, find okay, that yeah. fucking dog and she paints her face with glue and she gotcha, dances. Gotcha. I swear gotcha. she's dancing on the sidelines, but I don't know. <laughs> Even that stuff doesn't roll as deep as I thought. It's like really weird how into Game of Thrones it is. If it's in the Warner Brothers catalog, they were gonna throw it in there regardless. There wasn't there wasn't enough in there, is the thing. Like after a while, I was like, okay, the mask, he's on the sideline. Like I was hoping for a couple more deep cuts, but I didn't see anything. What would be like the one that you one cameo that you would have loved to see? I mean, Miss Lippy would be a great deep cut. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's I don't think it's got enough soul to to have Miss Lippy in it. But uh, I don't know. Whatever. She is a universal property. I don't know how that tracks. I looked it up. I wanted to be sure. I did some research. But anyway, the village. The village. What do you have, yeah. what do you, what do you have in your notes? Yeah. Uh, the first one was Jesse Eisenberg an extra question mark. Uh, more relevant theme than parallels today. Oh, commentary in WMDs. I don't know if that's true. How Probably so? Uh, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to get back to it. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I know hmm. that's a that's we created a we created a monster there, in the real world. Well, I think it's just more of the misinformation. Thing. Yeah. But I I wonder if that time like it was known that that was just a lie. I mean, I don't know. Thinking, yeah, I mean, because that's very prevalent of saying, "Oh, be afraid of these monsters." quote unquote other countries because they have like uh their monsters or whatever. I, I mean it is similar in that they're creating monsters, but I think it almost has like a different function. Like the uh in the village, the monsters they create has a function of like keeping everybody in. Whereas yeah. like we use it as validation towards expanding. Okay. Okay. You know so what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, but I think it but I, I do think you're right though. It is misinformation. I mean it's it's lying to the people with you know, it's, it's a totalitarian idea of we will make a truth and that's how we will control you with it. And so that's what they do is, is if it's WMDs or Monsters in the Woods, they get you to do, do what they want. Uh, let's see. Uh, so uh, what you call it is blind. I thought that I was wondering to try to figure out like what what the meeting behind that was. It's just like, oh, maybe like, you know, she's definitely not as fearful compared to other people because she doesn't have that sense yeah uh, maybe is that like a love conquers all type deal because like i don't you know or love, love is blind and love conquers all not sure 
don't know. I, I really only right? thought of it as like plot thrust. Like, oh, I mean, really? she gives it, but I, I don't know. There's probably is something there. I think that that Shyamalan is the type to to be that deep. But I, I, I don't know. I just read. I to me that just plays as like that's a smart way to have them feel comfortable about sending someone to the woods. Okay. Is that she huh. won't be able to see? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, but I mean, like in the function of the plot, like it's because on the one hand, William Hurt's character, he's like, I couldn't bear to see her go through that loss. That's why I sent her. And it's like, yeah, sure. But at the same time, she's blind. So that's why you sent her because she can't, you know, squelch on your little secret. So he's kind of like both good and bad there. It would have been great if like uh, we got some POV shots of like when she was being chased by the monster and you can yeah. kind of like see it from her perspective like whether it was like blurred or just like darker like less light so you can kind of like she talks about I can see your color that would be cool if we got to see it from the point of view of like being able yeah. to see an aura or something like that totally but like, yeah so that so something like that you if you show that camera shot you wouldn't have to have that line yeah yeah <laughs> uh let's see oh I have here marking the door is so cliche it should have been a clue Okay, what do you mean by that? When they go to mark the doors, yeah, you remember that part? It's yeah. like it was like too like religious, like Passover type deal. Yeah. It, it feels like oh yeah, they totally took that from a Bible story. So it remind me of the uh, of how it was employed in the plot. Was it that they painted their doors to to prevent the others from coming, or was it that the others marked their doors? Uh, I was thought they marked their doors. Uh, they were banging wasn't he like banging on them i'm trying to remember <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to remember what the function of their mm-hmm. ritual was i mean either way it is yeah. it's it's the same sort of thing it is a mythology that they're adding to these monsters maybe that's sort of a thing in this movie is like how lies kind of tend to pile up like that possibly Ooh. all right uh adrian brody never go full retard <laughs> <laughs> you know the, i kind of liked his performance in this because you know I, I think that he's uh it's clear that he's not just mentally deficient he actually is like uh you know, he might have a little bit of like a psychopath in him uh yeah that's possible but i'm guarantee you would not do the same role today <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> did he have his oscar at this point did the pianist come out at this point let's see i can get the pianist on here uh, I would assume so. This came out in 2004. This was 2004. Penis was 2002. So he was Academy Award winning actor, Adrian Brody, who made out with uh, Halle Berry on stage after he got his, uh, I think he just grabbed her and smooched her. That wouldn't fly today. Man, winning for, a, Polans- winning for a Polanski movie and assaulting Halle Berry? <laughs> They'd be like, oh. you you can't do the village. Canceled! <laughs> You're done, sir. You are done. But he was uh, like, ah, but my nose. And they were like, it's pretty compelling. Yeah. And we, let him, we let him go. So, uh, you get to go make the jacket now. <laughs> dude, I like that movie. In fact, I mean, I haven't seen it forever. Oh, that's awesome. So that was another, like, that was like the role, the the barrage of twist ending movies that resulted in during this time. Yeah, like that's the true. Early 2000, everybody was trying to come out with like their own twist movie. 23, yeah. The Jacket. Yep. Uh, what else was that? There was The so- Machinist. 
Yeah, the machinist. I remember that. That was one uh, where Christian Bale got all like, "Yeah, that's true." That became the thing. Was like, we gotta have a twist, uh, no matter uh, what. People are gonna love it. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> people love a twist, yeah. and we do. I mean, we we really do. Yeah. I see the scene where uh, where Adrian Brody in others uh, costume gear. Uh, uh, gear attacks uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in the woods. At that moment, we know that William Hurt suspects that one of the elders has gone rogue at the same time ivy knows at least in her reality that even though the monsters are fake they're based in old stories so she actually thinks that there's a real monster because they play that they play that audio and i don't think there's enough in that moment, I, there just wasn't enough time put into all of that for me to like buy it. I think it, it's more interesting if the people back at the village go, oh my God, where's Noah? He took one of the uh-huh. costumes. Then we cut to her in the woods. And then we, you know, I, I think having the reveal of it being him essentially is is pretty weak. I think it would have been more compelling. And I would have been more scared if knowing that it was Noah, because at that point, like at that point, she thinks it's a real monster, but I know it's not. I don't know who it is, but I don't really fucking care. If I know that it's Noah, then I know that she's in actual danger because he's the type who might just stab you in the stomach. But he never posed any risk to her because he was like after her love. But now he's off the chain. You know, like now he's pissed. So it would be like, oh, I'm going to, it wouldn't be the first time that a dude got rejected and then turned that into aggression, you know, and he's um, already kind of nuts. So, because he seemed like very, like, almost like he was playing with her and she didn't, like, he was, like, playing a joke on her. Yeah, I mean, and if then, you read it that way, I mean, that's the thing, it does track. Yeah. I don't think that any of it plays untrue, but mm-hmm. I think in my my search for this being more of a horror movie, I think oh, that God. moment could have been really, really fucking scary if I oh, knew God. that it was Noah going into it. As it is, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, she's scared that it's a monster. I know it's not a monster. Oh, they're scared that someone's gone rogue. I guess we'll find out who it is. Like, I don't know what the... But for him to be, like, truly unwell, whoo spooky. Do you think Do you think if it was just maybe darker? Because that this scene actually takes place and it's pretty well lit. Potentially, but... I kind of like the well-lit nature of it because I, I like the way this creature looks. I think that the, that design is really unsettling. And oh, the, you, you the want co- that red. The colors, yes. Like the use of colors in this movie was absolutely phenomenal. Like the red capes and the yellow capes. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially at the beginning when they got to like urgently bury that red flower. Yeah. And we have, just, we have no like, we have no concept of what's going yeah. on at that point. We're just like, why are they so afraid of the red? Just the bad color. It's just the bad guy. That was the thing in The Sixth Sense. He leaned on red a lot whenever, you know, like, whenever there was clues on, on screen as to as to what was really going on, they really leaned mm-hmm. into red. I remember him saying that in an interview. Uh, all right. All right. Last, next thing I got up there is uh, Horace became a doctor. Horace being the character that one of the guys from Me- Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Oh, okay. What? Wait, which guy? He's kind of got like a horse face. I forget what his name is. Let me look it up. Oh, I, yeah, the doctor. What He's in a bunch of stuff, too. He's like one of those faces. Yeah, he pops up in a lot of things. He was also like in, uh, uh, what is that show? Jericho, I believe. Dr. Quinn. 
then again, you probably don't know that show. Uh, no, dude. Frank, I, Frank, I've Frank seen... Frank Collison? Frank Collison? Collison? Frank Collison. Yeah. I can't but, find uh, him. I'm on Jericho, so I might, it might be a deep cut. I'm going to keep scrolling. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Well, Jericho is only a show. It was around for a season and a half. Of course, it's going to be a deep cut. <laughs> you, have, you, you love getting but, the little uh, shows, though, Seth. Actually, if I just click the village, uh, I could probably find the guard. Yeah, not as uh, much anymore these days. Oh, he's still like really he's still working. He's like, so this guy's definitely got like one of those careers that I'd be jealous of. It's just like people know his face and doesn't don't really know who he is. Yeah, he's like a David Paymer. I even say yeah, exactly. Don't know. <laughs> oh, he was he, in Twin Peaks. Well, he well, is in Twin Peaks. That's where I recognize him from. Okay. Yeah. yeah but, oh, brother, where art thou? All right. Nice, but Frank Collison. Character actor Frank Collison. Yeah, that's the dream career because you just got to look distinct. You don't got to look good. You don't got to look great. You don't got to look bad. You just got to look distinct. Uh, yeah, so I marked out for that because uh, I watched a lot of Dr. Quinn growing up as a kid. I was like, oh shit. I've seen a few Dr. Quinns. Um, what's that actress's name? Uh, uh, plays Seymour? Dr. Quinn. Jane Seymour, Jane that's Seymour. it. She has a great name. <laughs> Jane Seymour and Jane Seymour. Uh, let's see. Uh, I have some serious LARPing. <laughs> Very serious LARPing. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to hold that up. I would like to play one of the creatures. Uh, if uh, we were LARPing a village, I'd be like, yo, can I be one of the elders that like is a big creature? Okay. I'm into that. They'd be like, yeah, but you have to be on, on Meat Corp's cleanup duty. Yeah, you actually got to do that. You got to skin one of those uh, sheep. Remember when they that was one of the best lines watching this is when they're like, but what about the meat offerings? And she was like, we clean those up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, uh, all right. Then I have could have done without the guard scene, which we already talked about when they over explain. Yeah. You know, though, there was one thing I did like about the guard scene. It's really heavy handed. And I think that this is what saves this from being such a, a weird reveal that it's a, like the heavy handedness that Shyamalan does. He does in ways that only he knows how in this scene. He's playing like the the boss of the guard station on the radio. They're talking about war. And every single article in the newspaper that he's reading that's in the foreground is a horrible story about war or murder. And I paused it just to take a look. And it's just so funny that in a world where these people tried to, you know, the, that the people of the village tried to escape this horrifying world. He gives us a taste of that through a newspaper filled with, you know, murder headlines and stuff on the radio like it's really heavy-handed that they lean into the real world is horrible and filled with death and it's just funny that you know he introduces that in a scene the the, the twist reveal is that oh maybe they're justified that kind of thing and it's going to be somebody's love for somebody else it's going to just cure everything obviously. yeah exactly yeah. it conquers all exactly you know? and last question i have on my notes is if you wanted to write a sequel for this, what would it be? Where would I you mean, start? See, the, the genre fan in me says that the outside world says, like, we found out about these people and we got to take yeah. them down. And it becomes like a Waco kind of thing. Uh, but, I, was, 
the people in the village would be like, listen, we've got a battle, but we don't have any guns or any of that shit, but we will defend our land. And so they have to like hype up the idea that there's monsters from the outside coming into attack. I was thinking you can do it like a, like a, another version of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, there somebody gets that. out of the village? Yeah. What would their life be like? Actually, I, I, think they, I think based on the thematic structure of this, they'd be quite well attuned. Yeah. There's like, no oh, monsters? This, this all tracks. No, but they yeah. make, there's no monsters, but there's threats. Yay! <laughs> I think that would be fun. Yeah. That'd be um, kind of fun. I was thinking tower defense, like assault on precinct 13. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that uh, we'd have to come up with like a supernatural way for them to be like, you know, we're losing. They're overtaking the land. There's only one person who can help us. They're like, but Noah's dead. Like, well, I've been working on something. And then Noah comes smashing out of a farm stronger than he's ever been. Stabbing, oh. ganking guys left and right. It's like a mech warrior version of yeah. the creature. <laughs> but, it, but it's just like hay and straw. But it's still just like... <laughs> It's just like steampunk as shit. Got a rake for an arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's slashing people. They're like, oh my God, look at him go. He's doing it. Mm. Uh, what'd you think of Joaquin Phoenix? I thought, I remember him being a bigger part of this movie than he actually was. I think that that, I, I remember feeling that even when I first saw it. Like, I watching this this time around, there was a lot of feelings that were still echoed from when I first saw it. But, uh, he was sort of like he was supposed to break at that point like he mm. just had gladiator in 2001 so like he was starting to become a, a name in his own as opposed to that actor who's related to the late great uh, river phoenix but uh yeah he was i think they tried to pull like not really a uh a, a drew barrymore and scream but there was like a little bit of a uh you know oh it looks like it's going to be about him and then they cut it short just to undercut it you think you know you think you know but i think that was like what a what a cool decision though to then it turn out to actually be placed in the hands of ivy she's our lead character you know that's that, that's a great turn and i think that that's something that was probably harder to sell yeah woman in power what's that about that would never yeah. show <laughs> think of so where we are now imagine 2004 <laughs> yeah. still not there yeah but if you know what I'm saying, like if they were like Bryce Dallas Howard, the daughter of Ron Howard, is here to fight the creature, you're like, all right. But if it was like, oh, that guy from from that Russell Crowe movie, Gladiator. <laughs> Although credit, I I fucking hated Joaquin Phoenix because his character was such a dickhead in yep. Gladiator. Anytime okay. I saw him in stuff after that, I was just like, you motherfucker. That's how good he was. Like I couldn't. It's, all, I, yeah, it's always. It's, it's always like when you see Joffrey. Yeah, when you make that distinction, yeah. Oh, all right, you're just the character. Yeah, Not when I see Joffrey in the real world, I'm like, you prick. I'm glad I you love, choked to death on poison berries. I loved all the memes about Batman saving Joffrey. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a little, I remember when that first came out, everyone's like, oh, is he going to be Robin? And then, like, everyone revisited the movie 10 years later. They're like, that's fucking kick Joffrey, you piece of shit. I am. Um, bitch. I mean, what did you think of, of Joaquin Phoenix? Did he do... I, I think he was pretty good and he just he kind of had to play brooding guy. He was fine. Yeah. You know, I, he made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Just like, like especially when uh, the one cutscene where the, she professes his love to her love to him. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. it just cuts to him with his blank face and then smash cut, she's crying. That's <laughs> what I mean about Shyamalan being funny. Like, he does funny things like that. Yeah, that's like a brilliantly edited joke. Yeah, that's a really good joke. 
I think this movie actually overall is pretty quite well edited and beautifully shot too. I, it was um, Deacons. Deacons shot it. Uh, okay, I don't. <laughs> Deacons is like he's he's the guy. Okay, uh, Roger Deacons. He did. Um, let's look him up because I'm not going to get him. He. Why does that sound familiar? Roger Deacons. To... He's Blade Runner 2049, Skyfall 1917, okay. No okay. Country, uh, like all of the Coens. Has um, he directed anything himself? No, he's only a lighting guy, but he didn't win his uh, first Oscar until he's like Fargo and shit like that. He didn't win his first Oscar until uh, uh, 2049, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Blade Runner 2049. It's not, he'll be dead in yeah. 2049. He's I got you. Guy. I got yeah, you. Um, you know, but yeah, he shot this and uh, that's a lot of the reason why it looks so, looks so good. I don't, I don't think any Shyamalan movies ever look bad. Yeah, that's true. I, I think his uh he works with good DPs. Like when he jumped digital, um, mm. like his last couple, uh, Glass, Split, uh, Old, they're all shot by Mike Jalakis. Are you familiar with him? No. He did. He did. It follows. That's where he came into. I remember him yeah. loving that movie. <laughs> yeah, it looks great, and he he shot it. Mm. He's like a digital guy. I think Deacons, at least at the time of the Village, was a was a film guy. I mean, he could do anything though. He's Deacons. I, I mean, I think cinematography is just going to get like even better these days, just because everybody themselves almost like like a year ago, nobody had like a good zoom background. Nobody understood what that meant, like what made like yeah. a good background. And now it's just like you now cameras are smaller. You can put them anywhere, and everybody's got a lot more knowledge about like what filling a frame is and like making sure that everything works. In the background, yeah. is it distracting? You don't want blank space in there. It's just like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Like, I'm always excited for the future. Yeah, things. yeah. And that's why we should have variable speed Netflix. Yes. That's what we're doing. Back to that. This is a just. A... <laughs> and the music is uh is James yeah. Newton Howard. He did the music for it. Um, he's he did like King Kong. That's um, a Disney, right? That's yeah, like he's like a Disney stuff. guy. Like he did uh, Jungle Cruise, Prom, but he also did uh, some some stuff for Glass. Uh, but yeah, he's like all Disney. He's uh, so you think you can dance? Hmm. Seal Team Six, Snow White, and the Arranger. So I don't know who this guy. No, he's like a, James Newton Howard's like a you know yeah he's a Disney boy. I feel like music is one of those things that I can never really notice unless it's super out of place. Yeah, yeah. I like when, when it's like, inter- I think it was very good in this. I hate when it's just busy music in the background, when you just have like, sometimes you need to clicking that scene up and you don't want to actually cut anything. Variable speed. Dude, I've been watching a lot of old Bond movies and it's amazing how much fast motion they use in them to show cars moving faster. Wait, what, what do you mean? Like uh, just uh, speeding up the film. Oh, okay, I got you. So, like when you know when a, yeah. two cars are chasing one another, they'll speed it up. But like even in the early ones, they do it for for comedy. Oh, yeah, another so funny what you're moment. Saying is, Good. There, no, what you're saying is so there's a right way to speed up the scene. Yeah, the that's fair. Speech, right. <laughs> to speed up car chases to make them seem more thrilling. 
yes, but also in the Bond movies, they seem so dated. It looks, it looks like, it looks like Keystone Cop shit. It's like, you know, but the old, I've been going through the old Bond movies, and some of the other ones like kind of fucking suck. Like it's Chrysler LeBaron. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's I'm watching. I'm like, this shit is just just so stupid. But you know, it was a really, really like kind of dark but funny joke. The magic rocks. When they send Ivy into the woods with, uh, what was his name? Franz Kranz or whatever it was. And Michael Pitt's character. And uh, he's like, nope, I'm not going any further. And she's like, we have the magic rocks. We'll be safe. And he's like, how come nobody mentioned the magic rocks until right now? (laughs) Like, Like, how come that was never a part of the mythology until today? And that's a great joke, but it's also a great touch in terms of like these people really are improving this this narrative alive <laughs> because they were like, no, you'll be safe in the woods. It's like, no, the monsters don't eat me. They're like, not if you have the oh, yeah. uh, the magic rocks. <laughs> go, oh yeah, okay. And, but I love that he saw through the bullshit. He was like, yeah. yo, no, you no. just made that up. <laughs> like, we just heard about those today. Yeah. Uh- yeah, got to stick to the, your rules, the stories to your rules. You can't be making shit up along the way. People are going to find out. It's going to get sloppy. But once again, I do think that they validated William Hurt having, like, at least in, to some degree, good to, good intentions. Um, because even he says, like, when they're like, you shouldn't have sent her into the woods. He was like, listen, like, we're all going to die. Like, yeah. they're going to have to take this over. So, like, we got to, we got to, it's all in for them now. Um, I, I liked that touch in that they created this lie and it is pretty well intentioned like that yeah i mean if that was pretty much up to everybody else they was just like oh he's dead That's yeah yeah deal. he got stabbed by the town the town fool <laughs> he's our homeless guy <laughs> <laughs> what was that was that the i think it was was that joe bell's joke where he was like i just want to go to the suburbs so i wouldn't be a homeless guy i'd be the homeless guy <laughs> uh, i don't remember but it sounds like one of his <laughs> oh so um Uh-oh, breaking news breaking news what oh no i thought you had something <laughs> <laughs> no 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 remember when we breaking news robin williams death on super crappy i do remember that that was a uh, that was a big one. Oh, oh there was another really funny joke that i wrote down uh the guy who ultimately married judy greer Fran Kranz. At some point, I believe it is Ivy who says about him, she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't even lean back on his seat because he's afraid that his shirt will get wrinkled. But I guess he's a good guy. And that's like something about him. And so at the uh, at the wedding, when um, everybody's like hugging each other, someone goes to hug him and he goes, she's not going to squeeze my shirt, is she? <laughs> It's just a throwaway oh. line, but it like it hinted at him being like, I don't want my shirt to be wrinkled. But well, just go. like it was just a funny touch that earlier someone was like, he's kind of weird. He, he doesn't lean back in his chair because he wrinkles his shirt. And then for him to be like, yo, I don't want to get a hug. There's she nothing goes, wrong with that. I don't I don't roll my feet all the way because I don't want to crinkle my shoes. No, it's just a funny, <laughs> like that's just a really funny touch in the, no, in the script. Just... Yeah. I'm saying it's perfectly justified. I understand somebody doesn't want to get their shoe or their shirt. (laughs) I'm just... No, I hear you. I hear I have certain things like that that have to be just the way they are or else it's not going to happen. I can't say that I would care about anything like that if I was, like, living in colonial America. Wait, does this take place in a... Like, I wonder if where they think they are. Well, 
Do you I guess do they, do they learn about like American history? I think they just learn only so far back as the towns. You know, just oh. like like that's as far as they learn back as like, yes, we lived in the towns, but we escaped in this wonderful place. But I, I think it's weird that they all agreed to speak in old English because yes, it's that's like part the, that's part of the LARPing. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they all decided not old English, but they all decided to speak, you know, in in you know, I hope I hope this letter finds you well. Oh, I do believe this is a test of me faith. You know, I I can't come up with a good example, but I love that that's part of their ruse. But if their ruse is completely to cut off from the world, what what reference point are they making? Like the the people that they're trying to fool, the non-elders would have no reference point for colonial America that would require old English. They could talk however the fuck they wanted. That's for us at home. Yeah, um, that means that. So there's some parts where the elders are speaking directly where it starts to like slip. Yeah. And I think that's really funny. They're all like, it's almost like cut the shit. We are all we're all we're all in on it right now. Yeah. He's like, yo, don't act like that. That's pretty sus. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening? <Yeah. laughs> well, they, what's up? The one scene when they started twerking at the wedding? I think oh. that was like a Yeah. It was uh that that was where I first knew. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, actually, this is one of those movies that You're when it first to came out. Too close to that fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whole thing will go up. Let's see if I have any other notes that I wanted to say. Oh yeah, I, so I was looking at reviews of this movie, and it is funny how like, you know, like the the tide has kind of come around on it. I think the initial reaction was somewhat poor. Like it's, I think it's only a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like yeah. check that. I'm pretty and, sure. Now it's like, you know, I think the general consensus is like, oh, no, that's pretty good. You know, it's a pretty good movie. And I, I think it is a pretty good movie. Well, once everybody's tempers uh, die down a little bit, a little bit. Everybody, gets their, everybody gets their hot takes out of the way. This pre-existed like the modern flavor of hot takes. Like it, it was a it was more like a word of mouth campaign of like that twist was stupid. No, it's still there. No, I mean, just like anything, yeah. it just it just didn't happen on the internet as much. Yeah, then. but it's a, it's at a forty three percent. But what's crazy is I was scrolling through some of these reviews, and a lot of the reviews that are populated into Rotten Tomatoes are from more contemporary pieces. Oh, okay. so a lot of the negative ones are are from back in the day, and it's just like, hey, you know, this wasn't great. And a lot of the new ones are all flavored through the through the lens of like, time's actually been kind to mm -hmm. this. You should check it out. Like, are uh, you, uh, you thinking about writing your own little review for this? Get this thing up to a 44? I mean, I could, I do have the power, but like, I know, I know. There was a, I had, oh, I had one. Um, yeah, like, so, so, like, the wording of this one, uh, it's Emily Vanderwerf at Fox <clears throat> says, It all comes to a head in perhaps the greatest sequence Shyamalan has ever filmed. I would imagine that a statement like that saying ever filmed is a more contemporary review. And when I look it up, this, this review is written in 2019. And that's Did one of the. Did she not see Split? I don't understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did she not see the, the reveal at the end of Split? <laughs> Dude, I will never, ever in my life forget the moment that Bruce Willis peeked his head out. Like that, that threw me for a fuck. That was worse than the Sixth Sense in terms of like <laughs> tricking me. It blew my mind because I was like, the fucking balls on this man. <laughs> this isn't. But uh, it was. But the whole theater had like a. <clears throat> it was incredible. There was uh, there started actually some articles started to come out about uh, the ending. Like originally, even the uh, Universal execs didn't know that was happening. They shot that really? nearly in secret, 
and they were actually already previewing the film. And this was the first time they previewed it with that sequence at the end was for the executives. And That's they were wild. just like, yeah. And they were like, at first, they're like, how are we going to do this? Because uh, Disney had the rights to it. Yeah, yeah. And Shaman was just like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all good. That's and so figured, wild. <laughs> Mr. Glass. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, he, fuck! He shot that whole thing with Willis just like on a whim, just to do it. That's it incredible. Like, oh. Yeah. The balls. I love this man. The um, but I now I have to take back a little bit what I said. Uh, there's another one here. It's a review that's a splat, and this uh-huh. one was written in. Oh, never mind. This was written in 2004. So, uh, but I think it's an interesting take. It's uh, Namrata Joshi at Outlook from 2004. Yeah, what are you doing with your life, person? I can't pronounce. I, I, Shyamalan's films never send that chill up the bone on a second viewing. Worse, with Signs and The Village, even the first viewing is becoming a bit of a yawn. I don't know. But at the same time, like knowing the secret of this one, I think creates a different experience watching it, which I think is a, a positive one. Um, I liked this better the second time knowing what was going on. It's a lot more fun to watch that way. I would agree with you because you're taking away like that. When you go into watching one of the films, you're just like, oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Yeah, yeah. Like you're too worried about, you're too worried about trying to figure out the puzzle as opposed to just being present in the moment and just enjoying what you're watching. Yeah, enjoying the fiction of it. That's uh, one of my favorite, uh, it was like an interview between uh, George R.R. Martin and Stephen King and they were marveling about how like, Stephen King can just pump out books like a motherfucker. But George R. R. Martin is just like sitting on Winds of Winter, you know, doing whatever. Like, I hope he never writes it because I don't want to fucking read it. And I'll have to. Um, but uh, he said, people always accuse me of uh, writing too much about food. And I always say to them, like, well, why are you reading fiction then? And so the idea is just like, you know, are you reading it to finish it or are you reading it to enjoy it? And I think viewing a movie through the lens of like, all right, show me your secrets. I want to figure out so I can get home. Uh, that's that's what we did the first time. And so the second time you do get to luxuriate in the fiction of it, in, you know, enjoying just the, the feast of watching it. No, totally. Like it, to bring it back to uh, to magic. Oh, yeah. Like we're, we're too concerned about the reveal and just enjoy the show that leads up to it. Yeah, that's what it's all about. No magician actually thinks that, I mean, nobody, I mean, some people probably do, but very few people go and and actually think they're seeing magic, but you want want the magician to do the thing, you know, like if they just showed up and did the like, huh? And there, (laughs) it's like, okay, yeah, you you made the machine you built work. Great. But when they do like, it's it's a huge flowy show. Oh, it's beautiful. if you knew I had a cloning machine, you wouldn't be impressed by the trick. Yeah, ex- yes, exactly. <laughs> the only way I know how to do the transporting man is with a bloody double. <laughs> so, okay, so here's another one. This is a, right. a positive one from 2014. Okay. J- Jade Budowski of Decider says, The Village is a truly special film, one that is largely misunderstood by the masses. So, like, it, it is all of these recent articles that are really weighing it. So, I wonder when it came out, if Rotten Tomatoes is a thing, it was probably considerably lower. It's definitely yeah, turned no, around. No, no doubt. Yeah, I'm happy that it's coming around. 
I think it's happening to a lot of his stuff. I'd like to revisit Lady in the Water. Um, I oh, remember yeah. being like, yeah, whatever about it, but I, I don't remember it. I'll be honest, I have not seen that. All I remember is that the guy who was in Planet Terror, is it Jay Rodriguez? He's in it, but he plays a guy whose goal is to have one really buff arm. So he's always lifting. And so he's a character that has a really jacked arm and then a normal arm. I remember that from Lady in the Water. I remember nothing else. Wasn't that like something about like a lawn monster eating a critic? Sure. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember I heard I, somebody complaining about the film and that was like one something that stuck out in the I think like, that um what's his name? Shyamalan plays a writer in it who's like gonna write something block? real important. Uh, no, he's like uh, he's like fated to write something that's gonna change the world, like something like that. But it's you know it's but I, and I think everybody took that as like an eagle. Oh, Freddie Rodriguez is who I was thinking. Of. Okay. I mean, you're not a writer unless you write yourself into your own stories out of frustration. Yeah, obviously. I guess that's the way to go. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen King made a career out of it. Uh, Charlie Kaufman. Oh yeah, Charlie Kaufman. He's the best. That's that is all I have on my notes. Do you have anything mm-hmm. else that you would like to say about the village before we wrap it up? Um, not so much the village, but just Shyamalan in general. It's just like, yeah, I, I just, I will always be a supporter of this yeah. guy. I mean, I, even though like, you know, some things aren't as good as the others, uh, others, but, uh, it's, there's always something I can find to appreciate about it. Uh, he takes these wild swings and whether or not he hits it, it, it's fine with me. I'm like, he's yeah. just pretty much like a, uh, He's a home run swinger. He's gonna he'll hold on to strike out, and yeah. you know we should just enjoy that. You know, he's one of the few people that uh, still produces like a lot of his own material and content, like independently, pays for it up front himself, so he can keep keep that creative control, so nobody can tell him what to do. That's just like an admirable quality. If you had that type of uh, what you call it, mm, dedication? No, that's not the word. Mm. I mean, he's got so much ingenuity about it. He's like I, a MacGyver. And he's not like he, re, he literally like reset his career. Yeah. After like everybody pretty much just left him for dead, and he did it pretty much a small indie movie. And just then he brought us back to remember why we loved him in the first place. Yeah. And now he's making these big ass movies again that are like big hits. He's doing fifteen million dollar movies that are grossing over a hundred million during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I love that you dropped the numbers. I do remember when I saw the first trailer for Devil, a movie that he didn't even make. He just produced. Yeah. Just produced it and set it in Philadelphia and it was shot in Toronto. Uh he uh when that trailer came on, I remember seeing it in a packed theater, I forget what it was before, but when it was like from the from legendary filmmaker M. Night Shyamalan, you know, like even though it's not you know, even though it's not his movie, it said it in the trailer. When that happened, everybody in the theater laughed. He was that much of a joke that yeah. a, a Friday night crowd just laughed at the, like, you know, a gimmicky horror movie shows up and then it says his name and we all laugh. And now it's a selling point again. The reason old is selling is not because it particularly looks good. It's because it's a Shyamalan movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, he, he's out of uh, director jail, and he did it all on his own. He didn't need anybody's help. 
You flipped the script. Yeah, man. I respect that. I've always liked his movies. I, I mean, I, I'm the guy. I will go to bat for The Happening. I like The Happening. No, I cannot do that. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Mark Wahlberg is not, not very good in it. Neither is Zoe Deschanel. I do think that Shyamalan is kind of on his heels when he says that he was trying to make a B movie. I think he's a little <laughs> bit he's a little bit backpedaling there. Yeah. But it's a good backpedal because when you view the movie like a, like a 1970s eco horror trash piece, yeah, it works a lot better and it's a lot of fun. But uh, you know, what about? Shyamalan directing a Toxic Avenger sequel because I know they're already doing the first one or they're redoing it. Put them in a sequel and get like that trashy, uh, was it uh, exploitation film type yeah. uh, quality? I mean, I'm hesitant to let Shyamalan play with IP. Oh, I'm not saying he gets to write the scripts. Oh, he just gets but. to direct it and do, do his thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like it's uh, Macon Blair's doing it. Oh, really? Macon Blair's directing it, and Peter Dinklage is the Toxic Avenger. I already told me about the Dinklage one. I was very excited for that. That's, a, that's up there with, with Idris Elba playing Knuckles. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. I think that Bruce Willis showing up at the end of Split and revealing that it's actually Unbreakable 2 mm-hmm. remains the craziest I've heard a crowd go. But pretty close to it. Oh, yeah, I guess there's also uh, Captain America uh, <laughs> wielding the... Uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, what movie yeah, were we just oh, talking about? Yeah, when he, when he grabbed Mohin there. Wait, what were we just talking about? Peter Dinklage, Toxic Avenger? And I think you're going back to Best Moments... Oh, oh yes, the, the crowd at the end of Sonic the Hedgehog. When Tails shows up in the credits, okay, this theater was explosive with Wait, cheers. Did you, know, did you, were you at a press screening in that crazy like yes. that? It was That's a, amazing. It was a 10 a.m. press screening. Were so there every, yes, tons oh. of children. But okay. none of these fucking kids know who Sonic the Hedgehog is. It was people my age and they're very young kids just going out huh. for a free movie. Okay. But so all the dads lost their goddamn <laughs> minds when it, it was insane. And but what was crazy is when the post creds comes up, it was like, oh, there's a post credits. Tails will show up. Of course. Yeah. What else could it be? <laughs> And then and uh, Knuckles now. Yeah, and Knuckles. But then yeah, Tails shows up and everyone like screamed when it was it was truly insane. But at the same time, I just I was like, yeah, let, fuck. I started screaming. It was, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's get some Tails. <laughs> nah, uh, I did like the Tails thing, but I gotta say, uh, the David Dunn reveal at the end of Split was by far the most on cloud nine I've ever left the theater. Yeah, that was that's 100% my favorite one of those moments. It's but only because like, Unbreakable is definitely like one of my top five movies. Yeah, Unbreakable just, really is great. And just to see like, something so unexpected, this is why like you got to keep secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, so would you say that Unbreakable is your favorite Shyamalan movie? Yes, no doubt. I, I, I would say it's mine as well. Did you enjoy glass um 
So I think as a movie uh, itself, it, no. Okay. But I think when you examine the three movies together as a world, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's not like because the this these are still these people aren't technically still superheroes. They're still just normal people. Yeah. And, bad shit happens like it was so i was saying i was so deflated when you see him uh die the way he does yeah just, just like being forced down in a puddle. Puddle, and you're just like yeah but like that's the kind of shit that happens in real life you know? yeah when like, you get into yeah. this i love that they baited like that there was going to be some giant glowing orb at the top of the skyscraper scene for the you know yeah. but no yeah i i do like glass but i agree with what you said it 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 does work much better as a piece of the trilogy than it does by itself. Uh, and like, what I liked about Glass, though, like some of the scenes where with uh, with Sarah Paulson and uh, and Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, when she's just like talking to him, and, like gaslighting him, like mm. that's like an, I think that was just like I would love to see that like on stage, like yeah. as, a, as a play. I was like, oh, this is just like. Sarah Paulson just amazing. She's the best. She is really, really incredible. Yeah, and I really love the way that the, I like the way that they use the colors in that. I mean, he's he is a, a filmmaker that does, you know, a lot of crazy stuff with colors and having that. Uh, what was it like the green, pink, and and rainy dark blue of yeah. a dr- of a Drexel security hood, <laughs> yeah. where it all began. Yeah, I uh, think that's my favorite. I don't know if I'd rank the village high as highly as some of the other ones. I think it might be altogether like a sharper, classier movie than some of the ones I prefer. But I, I think that Shyamalan, for me, like I like him when he's doing, you know, when he's doing signs, when he's doing the visit, when he's doing old. Like that's that's the brand I'm into. Yeah, I just want even if it's like not stuff that's great. I just want him to do what he wants to do, and like you know, that's yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'll find something in it that i like he like after after earth was not good i didn't see all of after earth but i you think i saw to. i saw enough yeah i haven't seen avatar but i also haven't seen avatar so like i don't have a point of comparison so i started to watch the cartoon recently i probably got through about like 15 14 15 episodes Something that I hear about uh, Avatar Last Airbender, the movie, is that if you don't know the cartoon, it's a much better movie. Okay. If you're familiar with, yeah, but if you're like, if you are, have that knowledge of the cartoon, you're going to think this is absolutely crap. Yeah, that makes sense. I, because I, I have no knowledge and like, I'm sure it's fine. But if it's like such a slap in the face of the source material, I, I, I could see that being an upsetting thing. I don't, I don't even get upset about that shit when it's like bad to the source material. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah Someone else. Right. We got it. We got three more Batman in the pipeline. Keep it coming. Well, this is eating yeah. up. Did you watch? Did you ever read the first X Men cartoon or the first X Men comic book? The movie was better. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have nothing left on the village. I have nothing left on Shyamalan. Is there anything uh, that you would recommend in your media? Like, is there anything that you're currently assuming that uh, consuming that you would like to? recommend to the listeners uh all right i will say two things that i have been obsessed with as of recently is uh, the tv show dave yeah just been yeah i i've been like sit, listening to all the music learning all the songs the dance moves I, oh, <laughs> so for the listeners <laughs> kev's doing dance moves <laughs> um and then i want to go with uh, ted lasso on apple tv 
I'm thinking I need to press play on that. Everybody tells me it's the best, and I do love Sudeikis. I just never make time for TV. So you know the drill. So, yeah, no, totally. Uh, but uh, just uh, it's so comforting to watch, and it's just like I don't know. It's just like the character itself. He's just like so undeniably optimistic in like tumultuous times that like you can't help but feel inspired in I some way, shape, or that. form. No, totally, especially with like what I do. I just see so much crap all the time and how things don't work out. Like this is like something that gives me hope. Yeah. And it's just like, um, did you ever watch Paddington? Paddington. Oh, the the bear, Paddington bear? Yeah. Everybody loves those movies. Everybody tells me I would love them more than mm-hmm. anything. And I have yet to press play. Okay. And so I need Pad- to because I, I hear they're both are great. So yeah, so both the movies, the one thing about like Paddington, unlike most movies, that it is a main character that does not change, but makes every, but the, the story comes from how he changes other people. Okay. And makes, and makes them better. It's very similar in like Ted Lasso is this like, you takes like a bunch of like, uh, some stubborn Brits, you know, limey cunts, but uh, he, turns them, <laughs> he turns them into like, like affable people that you would want to be around. Like he brings out the best qualities in people. And it's just like, oh, it's like, you, if he can do that, maybe I can do that. Uh, you know what? I will say this, Kevin, more so than anyone I know, you do that. Yeah. Well, you I very try. much do that. It, it, the effort shows. And so much so to the point that you'll do something so nice for me that I'm just like, I've got to be so much better to other people. Well, I mean, I want to be like my, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, it's part of my charm. I like, my, my, my favorite thing to do around Christmas time is to buy a uh, a gift for an acquaintance. Oh yeah, super, something super thoughtful, something that has some meaning to it. Oh yeah, in hopes of making the other person just feel bad. I heard a piece of advice the other day that. I think it's good advice that I'm going to start taking. And it is okay. just, if uh, if like a friend comes into town or one of your friends that's in town, it's their birthday, just take, take them out and buy them a dinner. Buy them dinner. Because yeah. one, that's great. Like you're going to go have dinner with your friend. That's a win. And two, at the cost of like, you know, 40, 50 bucks, you get to be that guy who yeah. takes people out for dinner. And like, that's so inspiring. I want to do that. I want to be a Ted Lasso like that. You know what? It's going to come back too, because like when you go see that person one day, they'll, yeah. they'll buy you. They'll, they'll return the favor. Yeah, and it's just it's a net good for everybody. It's just yeah. it's like you're paying it forward, but don't get stabbed to death. Okay, we'll oh, do no, that no. together at Andrew WK concert. I know, dude. I'm so excited. I hope that. Uh, I hope. I mean, I'm vaccinated, so if they if they have require vax cards, we're good. But uh, I, I hope got that mine. It don't matter. Yeah, I'm ready to and rock. And if, and in the end, who cares? Let them die. Yeah. <laughs> it's their choice. Yeah, that's that's America, baby. That's where it all comes yeah. down to. You do what you want, but you know, you might you might uh choke to death on your own fucking in, air. You know, we think we're gonna live in fear because of what old people tell us. <laughs> nope, we're gonna go and kill the monster. Hey, Get the those monster. those yeah. we don't speak of, yeah. yeah. I um <laughs> How about yourself? So, what do you know? Anything you want to speak about? The main thing that I'm into right now, I started reading uh, The Killers of the Flower Moon. That's what Scorsese's next movie is going to be. 
which just oh. they just cast Brendan Fraser. Oh, that's why I saw that little face. He's having a comeback because he was in Soderbergh's last movie just for a couple scenes, but it was like it was so good to see him that the world was like, "We bring him back, baby, out of the jungle and, and in, into the streets. Let's do it." He's in Doom Patrol. Yeah, he's in Doom Patrol. He's yeah, he's five years he'll have an Oscar. Mark my words, it's coming. But uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is uh, it's by David Gran. He also wrote The Lost City of Z, which was adapted into a movie. Um, it's a story of Back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, the Osage tribe had land that they were, of course, shoved off of and moved to a reservation. And yeah, it's a story as old as time. But on the reservation, it turns out that there's just a fuck ton of oil and that's their land. So now they are filthy rich, super filthy rich. But because the government is what it is and because the country was what it was, they uh they essentially install like a system of white people to control their finances for them for like the savage and this follows a murder conspiracy to eliminate a to eliminate uh holders of an oil fortune within the osage community and the basically how this happened in conjunction with the creation of the fbi who was there to investigate it so it's like a huge chapter of American history that I had never even heard about. And it's written like a mystery. Um, it's really fucking good. Like really fucking good. Highly, highly recommend. Uh, how long do you think the movie will be? Well, The Lost City of Z honest, was about two... Watch that last one. <laughs> Lost City of Z was two and a half hours. And this is the same amount of material and it's Scorsese. So it's probably going to be like two and a half to three hours to four, five, seven. You know how it goes. But why spend three hours on the movie when you could spend like 10 hours on the book? Because that's That's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to do both. I don't read fiction. Well, this is 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 nonfiction. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. The way you're describing it, it's something that should be fiction, but no, the government is that fucked up. That's what's so good about the book is that it reads like a mystery, but it's a historical uh-huh. text. It's really good. I like this writer a lot, uh, David David Gran, and yeah, the Killers of the Flower Moon, dude, it's incredible. I didn't know you didn't read fiction. Yeah, no, I can't do it. I, get I don't that. know why. I kind of bounce back and forth. I do like a true crime and then, uh, you know, something crazy. Uh, trying to think. No, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I finish this one, if you That's want it, it, I can send it out to you. It's, it's, uh, or you can grab it uh, when you... I'll when pick you, it up in September. Pick it up! <laughs> so close. Right on. All right. Well, that Super is... Excited. I think that's all that I have for today. I don't even know how long this episode is because there's no timer in the Zoom record. But uh, you can check out our show at Movie Movie Cast on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. And you can find me at Dan Scully on all of the things, uh, moviejohn.com, findy.com, and you can check out scullyvision.com where all of this information is together in one. Kev, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, I still have a Twitter that I don't really use too often, but the real Kevin Lowe, you know. There you go. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Smash that follow button. 
No, just say hi to Kev. Yeah, smash it, punch it, knock it dead. Boom. Boom. Um, that's it. So thank you very much for listening to I Like to Movie Movie.